Good oral health is about more than just brushing and flossing your teeth. Dental disease is 100% preventable and it starts at home with you. Yep, you heard me right. Cavities are a disease and not something our children should just get. Your mouth is a window into your body and it has an effect on your speech, breathing, chewing, heart health, so much more. And we're not listening to it. Come along with me on this journey and I'll give you a whole new perspective of the importance of taking care of your mouth and the long-term effects it has not only on your oral health, but also your overall systemic health. On this podcast, we'll bring you a mixture of professionals, experts in the field that will give you advice and action steps you can take with your kids in different situations. We're also going to have moms, dads, caregivers, just like you, having the same struggles that you are because together we can make a difference and help keep our kids healthy because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a healthy life. And it all starts with you. Welcome back to the Healthy Mouth Movement podcast. When it comes to kids, their parents have lots of worries. The top concerns are child safety, happiness, and well-being. While worrying whether or not your child is able to fit in with others, how easy they'll be able to make friends, whether or not they're getting good grades, it's surprising the parents are most concerned about their child's overall health and well-being. They're specifically concerned about their child's physical health, mental health these days. COVID changed things, and there was a shift towards more technology. What I learned through all of this is just how much breathing and sleeping affects the top concerns that parents have, and we're lacking discussion in this area. While we're focused on daily tasks to get through the day and the week, we're often missing things that are right in front of us because we're not taught to look for them. More and more kids and adults are having trouble sleeping, and it's linked to mouth breathing. Even though we have the information and we know oxygen is the number one element we need to survive and thrive, we can't go without more than six minutes without oxygen. If we're not breathing correctly, we're not giving the oxygen we need, which affects our mood, our behavior, our diet, our focus. Yet our healthcare system does not put breathing first at looking at what's going on when we're looking at our body just overall. So why are we not asking more questions, following our gut instincts, listening to what our body is telling us, especially when it comes to our kids and ourselves for that matter? Why do we think someone else knows better? As parents, when it comes to our kids, our instincts are a good indicator that something is not right if we're listening. I'm not saying we don't need doctors or healthcare providers. What I'm saying is that we need to ask better questions, get to the root cause, stop treating the signs and symptoms and treat our body like the system that it is. It all works together. And when one thing is out of balance in the body, the body compensates and making up for what we're lacking. So a lot of times what's happening goes unnoticed. Why? Because we're busy. We don't have time to be sick. So a lot of times we ignore what's going on or we take a pill to mask the symptoms. At this point, our body no longer lets us know what's happening and we can ignore it and move on with our day. Dental health, craniofacial development are crucial aspects to our child's overall well-being. Neglecting these areas during the early years leads to serious complications down the road. Craniofacial development refers to the growth of the skull and the facial bones. Proper craniofacial development is vital to a functioning airway. So children with issues like mouth breathing, enlarged tonsils, adenoids, problems with their ears. They experience restricted airflow and sleep problems, which then lead to behavioral problems because they have a lack of sleep. They have a lack of oxygen. They're having trouble learning. They're having trouble focusing. As parents, it's crucial to be vigilant about these signs of airway problems and consult an airway dentist, a myofunctional therapist, pediatrician, 
ENT, chiropractor, or other specialist if necessary. Caring for your child's dental health and craniofacial development is a journey that begins from infancy as soon as our children are born and continues throughout childhood. Early intervention and preventive measures, regular dental checkups, play a significant role in maintaining optimal health. By establishing good dental habits, monitoring the airway and breathing, adopting proper feeding techniques, maintaining a healthy pH balance, parents can prevent dental concerns and set their children on a path for a lifetime of healthy smiles and overall well-being. So remember, seeking professional advice from pediatric dentists, orthodontists, pediatricians can provide personalized guidance tailored to your child's specific needs. With the right care and attention, you can ensure your child's dental health, craniofacial development are on track for a bright, healthy future. So let's move into feeding and how it impacts dental health. What parents need to know. Proper feeding techniques can significantly impact the development of your infant. So we talk a lot about breastfeeding and it's highly encouraged because of the milk and the benefits it gives us. But it's more than just that. It helps with jaw development. It helps reduce the risk of malocclusion or misaligned teeth, a tongue thrust. When your tongue is not up in the roof of your mouth as an infant and you're not sucking and swallowing and breathing like you need to, you don't develop that, the roof of your mouth grows more vaulted. The roof of your mouth is the floor of your nasal sinus. So it starts growing as soon as you start feeding your child out of the womb. And when your tongue is up, it acts as a natural palatal expander, widens the airway, the teeth are wider, they're not going to grow in crooked, and your kids are going to be able to breathe better. So transitioning your kids to solids foods, avoid excessive consumptions of sugary snacks and drinks. So when we have a well-balanced, rich diet and vitamin and minerals, it's healthy for our bones. But our food these days is more processed and softer. And then we also feed our kids softer foods because we were under this idea that kids were going to choke. Before the agricultural revolution, kids didn't choke a whole lot and they chewed a lot of foods. So we really need to go back to getting our kids to chewing foods, to drinking out of a cup rather than prolonging the use of sippy cups, prolong the use of pacifier. We want to really get these things out of their mouth by the time they're 18 months. They can start drinking through a cup. It's just easier and less messy if they give them a cup with a lid or a sippy cup. So it's less for us to clean up after them, but better for their development if we teach them how to chew better and suck and swallow and breathe or even eat, swallow, and breathe. So here are some topics that parents talk about when it comes to their mouth. So dental hygiene. Children's dental hygiene routine should begin before their first tooth even comes in. As soon as one tiny tooth breaks through, you can start brushing that with a soft bristle toothbrush. But even before that, you can take a piece of gauze or a little washcloth and just wipe out their mouth. That actually desensitizes their mouth and gets them used to you getting in there with a toothbrush when you need to. So if you just put your finger in, wipe it out after eating, meal, they'll get used to you doing that. So when it time, when it comes time, six months, eight months, when they get their first two, a year, if it's my daughter's case, you can get in there and start brushing and they're not going to fight you. So the sooner that you can start these things, the easier it's going to be when you need to introduce these things down the road, brushing twice a day, morning and night. So you want to disrupt the plaque and bacteria in their mouth and some infants get thrush. So if you're wiping out their mouth, you're going to help prevent that as well. Just make sure that your hands are clean before you put them in your baby's mouth. Brushing is the first thing that you can do to help create healthy kids with healthy teeth. 
take it from me. It's easier said than done. And I used to say a whole lot until I had my own child. And then I know that we just need to keep it consistent. And you just do the best you can some days. Some days you can get in there and do that. Some days you can't. But the more consistent you can be, the easier it's going to be. Your child's just going to be used to that routine and that habit that you set them. And remember, kids do what parents do. So if you're not brushing your teeth twice a day, your kids are probably not going to see the importance of brushing twice a day because they're going to be like, well, you don't do it as they get older, not when they're little. But it also helps prevent cavities and tooth decay, which is another concern that parents worry about when it comes to their kids, particularly diet and excessive consumption of sugary foods and beverages. They are essential to your oral health. You don't want to use a lot of these things. You want to be able to control the pH. So we talk about toothbrushing and flossing and being really important, but cavities don't happen unless the pH of your mouth drops below 6.5. In fact, cavities and disease in the body in general doesn't happen if you have a neutral pH of 7.0 and above. So if you eat a more alkaline diet, if you test the pH of your mouth, of your urine, you'll know if you're putting out a more acidic environment. So eating foods that are more alkaline, chewing gum with the first active ingredient in xylitol and testing that pH is going to help prevent tooth decay and other diseases. Tooth alignment and bite issues, our foods generally will help that. And we've learned from our ancestors that now that our food has changed, we have more crooked teeth, more overbites, more open bites, more underbites, more crossbites, more tongue thrusts, more tongue ties. These are all issues that affect the appearance of our child's teeth and smile and may potentially lead to breathing and sleeping problems if untreated. Sleeping problems also lead to ADHD problems and putting our kids on medications for ADHD. ADHD and sleep disordered breathing have the identical problems. So I'd rather test to make sure that my child is sleeping and breathing before I put them on ADHD medications. They can't tell you that they're sleep deprived. So that's why they're acting out. They don't know why they're acting out, but usually it's because the child is tired. That's where it starts first. I'm not saying kids don't have ADHD. I'm just saying we need to really look at how they're sleeping first. Teething and oral discomfort. That's a process that every baby goes through. And another thing that parents are worried about, drooling, pain, discomfort, fussiness during this teething period are symptoms. And there are so many products on the market that can help ease this process. So that's something we can talk about further or just teething can be a whole thing on its own that we'll talk about later. Thumb sucking and pacifier use. We talked a little bit about prolonged pacifier use. We talked a little bit about prolonged pacifier use and its impact on oral health and development. Usually it can affect a child's bite, tooth alignment, speech development. It's recommended that we wean the baby off around 18 months. I recommend transitioning when you're weaning to a baby myo because it helps them keep their tongue up on the roof of their mouth. It helps with form and function. It helps them stimulate more saliva and helps get them chewing and using those muscles of their face and jaw the way that they should. There's another episode where I talk about just this Myo Munchie appliance so you can watch that. You can also schedule a free 10-minute call with me and we can discuss weaning your baby into healthier habits for their growth and development. So tooth injuries and accidents. So all kids are at risk for dental injuries, such as broken teeth, especially in sports. That's why a lot of kids wear protective mouth guards now when they're in sports. So wearing the appropriate protective gear is going to be important to protect injuries, but an accident is an accident and they do happen. I've seen kids fall off their bike. I've seen them take a tumble, break a front tooth. I've seen them play tug of war with a dog and pull a tooth right out of their mouth. I've seen them get hit in the mouth with a baseball or softball. So all of 
these things do happen. And that's why they call them accidents or emergencies. But teeth are definitely very durable. And they, while they don't heal themselves, sometimes if a tooth comes out, it can be implanted back in and you can save it. So definitely make sure that you see a dentist, especially if a tooth comes out, put it in water or milk, something that will keep it moist and they can put it back in. If it's a little chip, that is going to have to be fixed and they may need a root canal or a crown once they get older. But that is uh, another topic beyond worry-free tips for adjusting your child's dental concerns. So speech development is another thing that parents worry about and ask about. And there are potential oral issues that could affect pronunciations like a tongue tie, a tongue thrust. So seeking a professional is going to be really important. Some speech therapists also know myofunctional therapy. They can bill your insurance in some cases. So seeking someone who is dual trained would be good in this area, especially if your child has a speech development and needs a tongue tie release. I do myofunctional therapy. I'm a dental hygienist, so I don't address speech issues, but I can always help get you to someone if that's what you're looking for that does do both. Early childhood caries, if you put your baby to bed with a bottle, they can develop cavities on those front teeth. Prolonged exposure to sugary liquids, milk, juice, especially at nap time or bedtime is going to create those dental issues. So never, never put your baby to bed with a bottle for any reason, because when they're laying down and they're drinking, besides the dental concerns, that fluid can actually get into the ears, the eustachian tubes and resulting in more frequent ear infections and then the need for tubes in the ears. So laying the baby down to eat is not good, not only for swallowing, but also for your ears. And then dental anxiety and fear. Some parents have anxiety when it comes to going to the dentist and that anxiety transfers to their children as well. I know my mom had severe anxiety and she would stay in the waiting room when we went to the dentist so she wouldn't pass that fear onto us. She wanted to ensure that we had a positive experience at the dentist. So sometimes it's not a good idea that you go back with your kids. I know that you want to watch and see what's doing, but a lot of times it's easier for us as dental professionals for the parents to stay in the waiting room because the kids play off what they know they can do with the dentist and they behave better when the parents are not in the room. So keep that in mind when you take your child to the dentist. Again, if you have concerns, you might want to seek a child-friendly dental practice that specializes in treating young patients and ask questions before the appointments. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in this podcast and what questions you should ask before you even go to the dentist that will make it a smooth transition rather than finding out when you're there that that practice is maybe not a good fit for you. Then there's orthodontic treatment. As your child grows, they may need braces, retainers, palatal expanders. And I know a lot of people are worried about the cost, the duration, how long, what potential discomfort are these treatments going to be. These topics, I believe, need to be addressed much earlier than conventional orthodontics. They usually say wait until all of your baby teeth are out, but then they've had 70 to 80% of their growth and development happen. So your child should be evaluated for airway by the age of two. So you can use their growth and development if they need expansion. These myomunchies are really good at 18 months to three years to help address these concerns. Baby teeth, you should be able to fit a nickel between each baby tooth. If you cannot fit a nickel in between there, Dr. Kevin Boyd says, who's a pediatric dentist, they are going to have an airway issue growing up. So if your child's baby teeth touch, that is a concern and you're going to want to get that looked at by a pediatric airway dentist by a myofunctional therapist, even talk to your pediatrician. Because if you wait until they're seven or eight, it's going to be more invasive to widen that airway and widen that arch and make room for their tongue. And if they have a tongue thrust or a tongue tie, that's something that can be addressed when your kids are little, little. 
that's something you can be addressed as soon as two days old. There's a lot less involved if you get that clipped when they're little. So if you're having problems nursing, looking for that stuff is going to be really important. And we want to address these concerns as soon as possible. So there are people that you can see. You can see a pediatric dentist, dentist, airway dentist, myofunctional therapist, speech language pathologist, chiropractor. All of these are different professions that can look at this stuff. And not all of these professionals know about airway. So that's why asking questions is going to be really important before you make an appointment if these are your concerns. Caring for your child's dental health and craniofacial development is a journey that begins at infancy. And intervention, regular dental checkups are going to be important for optimal oral health. Establishing good dental habits, monitoring all this stuff is going to be really important. So remember to seek professional's advice you go ahead and schedule a 10-minute call if you're having any of these issues. And once you make a call and you find someone who you think you might want to see, here are some questions that you can ask. Does the airway impact overall health and development of your child? If they don't know the answer or say no, they might not be an airway dentist. Are there signs of potential airway issues that you're seeing and how can they be recognized? How can airway problems affect your child's breathing and sleep quality? If you're listening to me, I will probably answer a lot of these questions just by listening. But what are the potential consequences of untreating these airway issues? What methods and tools can be used to assess a child's airway? How can we identify if your child is at risk for developing airway issues or developing dental cavities? What preventive measures can be taken to minimize the risk of cavities? So if your kids are getting cavities, it's a sign that there's an imbalance in the pH. So if you're taking them to the dentist and they're already older and you know these things, then we probably need to figure out what's going on with the pH and how can we get that into balance. The easiest way is to follow an alkaline diet. Are there specific dietary recommendations to uh, support oral health and cavities? I just answered that one. How can nasal breathing be encouraged with children? What role does the tongue play in posture and cavity prevention? Are there any habits such as thumb sucking, mouth breathing that can affect airway health and oral hygiene? I think you guys have been listening to me. You already know the answer is yes. What role does early orthodontic intervention play? If you're in the Chicagoland area, I recommend Dr. Boyd. He is the best when it comes to this. Can you provide guidance to proper oral hygiene practices for children? Hopefully they can. It's not just about brushing and flossing and having a fluoride toothpaste. It's more than that. It's going to be diet, pH, how are they breathing? So make sure that you can see a dental professional that knows this stuff. Are there any lifestyle changes or habits that can impact your child's airway or prevention of dental? disease? Should parents be aware when it comes to the relationship between oral health and overall health? Absolutely yes, which is why I do these podcasts. How often should children get a dental checkup to monitor airway and oral hygiene? It should be every six months. If your kids have inflammation or braces, it might should be every three or four months, depending on what's going on with their child and what is the pH balance in there. If your kids are wearing braces and they have pH problem, they're going to have a lot of cavities when they get those braces off or they're going to have white spots on it. So knowing what to do is going to be really important. And again, you can schedule a call with me. I'm an oral health coach, so I do do that stuff. What can parents do to create an oral-friendly environment at home? Establish routines and making sure that you're brushing morning and night, flossing once a day. If you're not good at flossing, a water flosser is good. Balancing the pH, healthy nutrition. And are there any other additional resources that you can look at? If you follow me, I have a whole bunch of resources you can click. You can Google a lot of these things as well. When you're looking for a provider, you can ask them, do they specialize in children? How do they handle children? 
some dentists are better with children than others. And especially if you have a special needs child, again, Dr. Boyd is really great, but there are a lot of pediatric dentists that are good with kids and specialize with kids, especially if they're having some behavioral issues. But if your child is having an airway issue and you lay them back in a chair, they're already going to be having a hard time breathing and they're going to want to sit up. So a lot of times your children are having airway issues that make it hard for them to lay back. And that's what makes it scary. And a lot of times, if especially practitioners that don't know about this stuff, they don't realize that when you lay them back, that's already a problem. The kid's already having a problem. And now you're putting water in your hands and everything in your mouth. You're not giving it a chance to breathe. They are going to be afraid and they are going to want to grab hands. And a lot of dental professionals don't like it when you grab their hands. If they're gagging when you're taking x-rays, even if they're gagging when you're brushing your teeth, that's probably a sign that they have an airway issue or a desensitization issue. And you can take the toothbrush and desensitize them. Again, that's something else we can talk about. But, you know, if they're having issues, you want to know, are they going to be patient? If your kid's struggling, are they going to refer you to a pediatric dentist anyway? So if you know your kids are having these concerns, you might want to just take them to a pediatric dentist and skip that step. That'll save you time and money. So that's why asking these questions are important. Do they take your insurance? Do you have insurance? If you don't have insurance, do they have a program that will help ease the costs? We have what's called a DAS plan, which is a dental savings plan. And it's something that is the cost of one visit, but you get two. So it's something that the place that I work at offers, but there are different things that um, people do and you can call around and, you know, see what dentist prices are if you're concerned about prices or you don't have insurance. But the fun thing that Delta Dental says is half of the people that have dental insurance don't even use it. So if you have dental insurance, take your kids to the dentist twice a year. It's covered. It's paid for as long as you see a dentist in network with Delta, but other offices, other dental insurance, it doesn't matter where you go to. So use that benefit. You have it. You're paying for it. Taking x-rays is a good way to see if you have cavities. So with kids that are very susceptible to cavities, sometimes taking them every six months is going to be important to look at those cavities. If you get those cavities filled when they're just through the dentin, if they're in the enamel surface, they can actually recalcify and heal themselves. But that's the only time that teeth heal themselves. Otherwise, it's the only part of our body that doesn't heal itself. But once it gets through the dentin, it goes fast. And with baby teeth, it goes even faster than adult teeth. And so you want to protect your kids from having abscesses and you don't want them to have stainless steel crowns and root canals, pulpotomies. So if you take them sooner and get x-rays, you can see these cavities when they're easy to fill. Easy for them, easy for you, easy for the practitioner. And that's why x-rays are really important. And a lot of people don't want x-rays because they don't want the radiation, but I wore an x-ray badge. And when I worked for mobile, I would take sometimes a hundred x-rays a day with an x-ray unit that you hold that I had to stand next to. So I couldn't get six feet away from it to take the x-rays. And I wore a, a radiation badge. I never had too much radiation standing next to that. That's how little the radiation is that come from dental x-rays. But I was cold and wore it outside, sat outside in the sun for 10 minutes, and they wanted to know what the heck I had been doing with it. So you know what that told me? Sitting outside in the sun for 10 minutes is way more than a day of taking 100 x-rays on kids. So you're only going to need four to 18 x-rays. And for your kids, they're only going to need two or four. So they're not getting a lot of exposure and the benefits outweigh the risks when it comes to this for your kids and taking x-rays. So asking better questions, you'll get better answers. You'll get a better understanding of what's happening with your child's airway and how it relates to cavity protection. And it's essential to work closely with a knowledgeable provider that can guide you and support you for your child's specific needs. 
things are changing and we know more now. We know more about prevention. Prevention is cheaper. It's easier. It's healthier for you, your family, and everything comes at a cost. Time, money, freedom, health. So you get to decide, is the cost worth it to you? You know, I do myofunctional therapy and most of my patients are people that are in braces a second and a third time. So if you have a tongue thrust, you have a tongue tie, it'd be a lot cheaper to address those issues and have the therapy done than pay $6,000 to have braces all over again when they move because your tongue is pushing against your teeth and shifting those teeth. So you may be inclined to ignore the problems and that's your decision, but knowledge is power. And the more knowledge you have, you get to choose and make informed decisions. I have a free Facebook group, Healthy Mouth Moms. The link is below. I also have a Healthy Mouth Academy, how to take care of your kids' teeth from birth and beyond. And they're all things that I wish that I would have known, both as a mom and a dental professional. It has over 167 modules, different stages of your child's life. And I think it's worth it because you can just jump in and see where you are in different stages of your child's life. And then you get access to the Facebook group. We do live Zoom calls to talk about what's going on. So it's just something that you can contact me about or click the link and just sign up for that. I do drip some of those models. I've been looking into just putting them all in there so you can just go to where you are, but I didn't want to overwhelm people. So you can give me your feedback on that as far as the Healthy Mouth Academy goes, because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a happy, healthy life. And for me, it all starts with airway and breathing. The part of our body that we use our mouth is our mouth. People will breathe through your mouth, talk through your mouth, eat through your mouth. You really need your mouth. It's an essential hole in your body. And it's more than just a big black opening. When you have the pH is off, when you have bacteria in your mouth, it affects everything. Cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, low birth weight. If you're a pregnant mom and you have disease in your mouth, you could have a preemie baby or a baby that has low birth weight. So the health of your mouth is very important. If you're a man, you could have erectile dysfunction because of the bacteria in your mouth, which is crazy to think that that's related, but it is. So the health of your mouth is going to be really important. And that's why I say a healthy body is a healthy mouth and a happy, healthy life. So as always, thanks for listening. If this was helpful, share. And if there's anything that I can do for you, you know how to get a hold of me. The link is below. And thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you for listening today. If something you heard made you smile, made you think, empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure you share this with a friend. Write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook page, Dental Hygiene 411, or hit the link in the show notes to join a conversation. Until next time, breathe through your nose and share a smile. After all, they're contagious.